This episode of the podcast is with photographer Adam Ziegenhals. You may have seen his work throughout uh, Instagram and other social media. He's been covering those Dead City shows in L.A., all those rowdy, punk, wacko bands, uh, bonfires, SWAT teams, all under those overpasses in L.A. He's there. I've been wanting to talk to this guy for a while. I'm a big fan of his work. Uh, he does beautiful work, uh, all black and white, clear as a day in the middle of the night in the lowest possible light conditions. Uh, fellow photographers will appreciate this work. Uh, we talked about covering shows. We talked about, of course, the pandemic a little bit, uh, along with the creative process, uh, how he goes about editing, how he goes about shooting. He's a very interesting guy, uh, one of the greatest photographers I've come across especially in the L.A. scene. It's tough because, as many of you know, the lighting isn't great unless you have a flash in many of our venues. Um, it could be a little rough, a bit of a challenge. And uh, the less light, the better for some people. He figured it out. He, uh, he's got great work. Check him out. I will post some links and we'll go from there. Um, no song here. Uh, just going to jump right into the interview. And we've got more coming. I all have announcements uh, for next week. Stay tuned. Oh, and thanks again to the ever hospitable DBA for letting me, letting us record there. Uh, always a pleasure. Had some nice background music that you can barely make out. So uh, don't sue me. <laughs> Enjoy the podcast. Let me start recording now. Oh, cheers. Oh, cheers. Get that clink in there. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, thanks for doing this, man. Hey, no sweat, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime. Um, so yeah, so we met like briefly at Redwood Bar. Yeah. Do you shoot there a lot? I haven't seen... I, I have uh, because of the pizza party uh, oh. that we met at, the co-ed one. Yeah. Uh, I met the promoter. Her name is Jamie. She's absolutely incredible. And she's oh, cool. like, you have to keep coming. And yeah. Yeah. I like that place. Yeah, I'm trying to, I think I've only done the pizza parties so far. So, mm. yeah. There've only been a few, right? Or three? Yeah. Maybe two. Mm-hmm. I think three. A friend of mine bartends there and she wasn't there that time. I was all mad because I haven't <laughs> seen her in forever. And like, yeah. Yeah. I had seen this band called Big Mother Gig there. Uh, like a year a few months before lockdown, the first mm-hmm. one. And, um, yeah, that was, that was like the last time I saw her. So for that co-ed one, I was looking forward to seeing her again and nothing. <laughs> she wasn't there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was just like walking around, hanging out with co-ed and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. good show. That was awesome. Who else was it? It was Trap Girl. Trap Girl and Vagrant. Vag- oh, Vagrant was fun. Dude, they were so cool. That was my first time seeing them, too. I looked up their Instagram, and their bio was just fat, loud, and hammered. Yeah. <laughs> I got some great shot, because that guy had the, the wick at his eyes. He just did. Just, like, yeah. went into your soul. Yeah, and, <laughs> and he was loving the camera, too. Oh, I, I yeah. was really appreciative of that. Oh, yeah, Because you know, I was, like, I don't know, one or two people behind, and I was just kind of hoping, you know. Hoping he would look at me, <laughs> and yeah. he did. He, yeah, I think he made sure to make eye contact with everyone. Every photographer, every person. Every person, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were badass. Um, what do you shoot, by the way? Uh, like the camera and everything? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Sony, mm-hmm. A7R2. Oh, okay. yeah. um, 
And I've, I've worked my way through a bunch of lenses and I found one lens that I love mm -hmm. and I just stick with that. It's a Voigtlander um, 40 millimeter mm. and it goes, uh, the aperture's at 1.2. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I usually shoot wide open mm -hmm. because these punk shows are so, you know, just dark. Dark, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your shots are incredible, by the way. Oh. The clarity is like... How the hell is he doing this? I, I don't know because I'm all manual focus as well. Uh -huh. so, oh, wow. Yeah. Really? So like I'm at these hardcore shows, I'll get hit in the head and I'm mm. still like balancing. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you, you posted, you were editing, uh, you were clarifying like a tattoo or something recently. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh shit, he gets down. He gets deep in there. Well, like uh, I just noticed it and it was just like someone's tattoo. Uh, oh, his brainwash. Mm. I was at like some bridge show. And it was just like this little butt sticking out from under his shirt. Uh -huh. <laughs> and it was just this beautiful thing that I noticed. And I was just like, that's just weird. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. I, w I was thinking about switching to that Sony. I, I shoot a Canon 6D. Oh, nice. And I've been doing it forever. And it's great, right? Like, go with it till it stops working. But I feel like mm -hmm. I just have that itch to upgrade, you know, and I got this 24 to 70, 2.8. Yeah. I got to bring it down though. Yeah, or yeah. wider. <laughs> 1.2. I have a 1.4. Okay. A fixed at 50. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's good, but you know, I, I love it. Um, I, I, I'm pretty much all self-taught when it comes to photography. Mm -hmm. So it, it took a lot of trial and error to figure out like, Oh, I need this like wide open or right, I just right. get like a much better shot. I don't know. The fact that you're doing manual at shows is really impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I've been shooting nothing but manual focus for about three or four years now. Really? Yeah, so I've had a lot of practice. Damn. Yeah. I tried at... I tried a few times, but like at festivals and stuff, it seems to be a little easier. Yeah. Uh, at a small show like Redwood or something, I don't know how you do it. Uh, very carefully. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially at... I mean, the that ring, that focus ring is probably really smooth and it is uh, the Voigtlander is like absolutely incredible lens company so it's like a high quality build very like heavy metal so it just like it's just super smooth and just slides around yeah yeah nice <coughs> what did you start off with oh man I just like little point and shoots mm -hmm. my first like step up into like an actual like interchangeable lens mm -hmm. was the sony a6000 okay i bought it used off of amazon like seven years ago or something mm -hmm. and just grinded out skills like that and then finally about maybe four years ago i upgraded to a full frame mm -hmm. mirrorless the, the sony and nice. uh yeah i've loved it ever since mm. i bought a, a used canon 5d at one point just to test it out but i just I kept going back to the Sony. It just had so many more features that I liked. Right, right. And it's more compact, right? Yeah. That's what I've been like uh, looking forward to, just how sleek they are. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I have this bulky, you know, piece of equipment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I bumped it, bumped into it, bumped it into so many things so many times. I, I lost the uh, the uh, setting ring. <laughs> <laughs> just of all falling things. apart. Like, it just like, I didn't realize it was glued on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I could still turn it and see on the screen, you know, where I'm at, but <laughs> on that little display right there is just gone. And That's like, beautiful. Right, it's yeah. just missing. <laughs> hey, it's got character. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my focusing ring, the, the rubber is falling off. And I should probably take better care of my equipment. Yeah. 
it's for the best in the long run, I think. But yeah, yeah. the Sony's are incredible. Like I, if I travel, like I'm not packing a lot. That's mm-hmm. why I've like narrowed down everything to one lens. So I'm not like walking around with a flash or um, mm-hmm. all this extra equipment. And Did you try flash uh, at any point? Uh, yeah. And I just, I felt obnoxious <laughs> if I'm shooting a show and it's like a dark show and I'm just like, pop, 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 pop. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm not passing any judgment. It's just like, it made me, like my social anxiety just like went through the roof. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> I'm just like drawing attention to myself. Yeah. How many dirty looks do you get from bands already, right? You don't want to. Yeah. There was definitely, uh, I used to live in Austin and I saw this guy, Matthew Good. Mm-hmm. He's a singer songwriter from Canada that I liked a lot of his stuff years ago Mm -hmm. but I went there and I had like a point and shoot and I was trying to get a good shot of him and the flash kept going off and he just shot me the dirtiest look (laughs) (laughs) and he just like kept making comments as like this is why we don't play South by oh god (laughs) (laughs) and I was like oh tuck my tail between my legs and just like walked off a little bit I'll be on my way (laughs) I was shooting uh, Eagles of Death Metal five six years ago something like that and uh after song three, uh, what's his name? Jesse Hughes. He does this. He just like waves off the photographers. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks at the audience. He's like, now we can have a good time. Yeah, like, yeah. Ouch. <laughs> but I get it. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, especially like these shows lately, like some of the Dead City ones. Mm-hmm. Um, they, some of the hardcore bands are like, why are there so many fucking photographers in the front? <laughs> and they just want to like. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this a family-friendly podcast? Can I oh, go drop? For it. <laughs> <laughs> um, speak, speak your piece. No, yeah, and they uh, they would just audibly complain that there was just like nothing but photographers at the front, and I kind of agree. Like, I feel obnoxious sometimes. There's like, yeah. there's like, especially all ages shows. There's these kids with this amazing energy who just want to get up near the band, and mm. there's like, you know, ten guys with like, cameras <laughs> in the front blocking their access to like this music that they love yeah so I usually try to like peace out and go to the back and get crowd shots as much as possible right right just to relieve some of the stress <laughs> of the, <laughs> it's the been top. getting it's been getting crazier I think mm-hmm. uh, pre-COVID and probably now uh, more than ever everybody's showing up with cameras and stuff oh yeah it's nice, but I nice like you get it because as a photographer you get it, but mm-hmm. it's just what you're saying. It's like it's a, it's just obnoxious. Yeah, because everybody's got a nice one now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, it's cool though. I love music photography. It's just like I don't want to contribute to something that you know would prevent someone from like accessing the band. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned. Uh, I got shoved away at a blonde redhead show once. This, <laughs> this guy was like, "Did you get your shot?" I'm like. Yeah, why? And he's like, great, move on. And he just like shoved me away and I was like, all right. Just put you in a headlock and just yeah. drag you off. And it was like, I don't know, a decent distance from the stage. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, I don't want to hear that clicking. And I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. And I had a, I had a crop, uh, a crop sensor and those ones were louder just by nature, I guess. And yeah, I'm yeah. trying to think. Yeah, sometimes I the Sony I have has a silent shooting mode, mm. but like it, it's like this weird rolling sensor where like if the movement is too fast and the shutter speed is too fast, I can't remember what it was, but they do this like warping, and it just it doesn't work out. I wish I could work for concerts, like especially mm. like like if you're seeing just like a solo guitarist but playing acoustic guitar, you don't want to like over. Like make too much noise and just like clicking away. Yeah, yeah. But the the silent sh- shooting is just like 
it misses the mark on the Sony. Mm-hmm. I've heard Fuji's pretty good. But. Yeah, I've been seeing those too. Those, the mirrorless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are looking pretty good. And I like that old, uh, I like that vintage style. Yeah, know? yeah, they look so cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're aiming for the drummer's head. Yeah, Damn. They, they were going off. And then, like, but there, I think there was like people even throwing stuff at the cops. <laughs> so it was just like the wildest scene. And I'm, I got this great photo of the, like police like looking down and a party going on below. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was just absolutely wild. That's so I'd awesome. never seen anything like it. And everyone's <laughs> like, this was like the greatest DIY show in LA history. And, it's, it, it was another like level. Yeah. <laughs> and then they keep doing it. There was another bonfire yeah. recently. Yeah, that was uh, Friday night. Yeah. That was three days ago. Yeah. And I was there, too. <laughs> it's amazing. Police started circling. Uh, fire trucks came by a few times. <laughs> it's just absolutely insane. Was it broken up in the same way? People shot with rubber bullets? No, 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 no action like that this time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like. For the most part, the police didn't even interfere. I think they rolled by a few times before the show started, mm-hmm. and then nothing really came of that. So, mm-hmm. show went on. Everyone played. Everyone played really short sets. I think it was done in less than two hours. Oh, wow! And then everyone just kind of hung out. Uh huh. Like drank in the alley. Nice. <laughs> Did you happen to catch that wacko show at Denny's? When no. Was that, like a few months ago. Or no, a that year was ago? a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, During the first lockdown, I think. No, I think it was before, hmm. because I was I was living in LA for about three months in 2019, and hmm. I shot Wacko while I was here, and I, I still didn't have an idea who they were. Hmm. Now I'm in love with them; hmm. they're incredible. Uh, but I had left to go back to New York for work, and like the Denny show happened within like a month of me leaving, oh. and I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> that looked so wild. Yeah, they just destroyed a Denny's. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I still want to know how they pulled that off. Like, I, I have no that was idea. an inside job for sure, right? They didn't break in. Yeah, no, like it was hosted at a Denny's. Like, I don't, I don't know how you approach a Denny's. It's like, hey, I want to throw a punk show. <laughs> <laughs> you're not, a, you're not open for business. I thought yeah. I could have sworn it was during the first lockdown, where it made sense. Like, okay, they're not open for business, so they made no. room or something. It was yeah. definitely before the lockdown, but I, I'm sure they did stuff during mm-hmm. lockdown as well. Because those guys are busy. They're yeah. always doing some crazy shit. Yeah. I've caught them like five times in the past couple of months. Mm-hmm. They're just like all over the place. Mm. These are all the shows that I've been missing. Too. Yeah. Like as I'm coming back online with like shooting shows again, as things are reopening, like I'm still missing all the good, like a lot of good ones, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. And there's some good ones coming up. There's, um, oh, uh, they just announced it today. Death Club, which is um, the guitarist from the Manx, Tommy. Mm-hmm. And the singer is Justin Pearson from The Locust. Oh, yeah, I just heard about them. Yeah, they're playing The Smell on the 28th, mm-hmm. and uh, Hong Kong Fuck You is opening. Mm-hmm. And I caught them for the first time. I'm getting my days mixed up. Wow, Saturday <laughs> night. I just, four shows in a row, and I'm just like losing contacts at this point. Um, <laughs> but no, I saw Hong Kong Fuck You on Saturday, and mm-hmm. they were insanely fun. And I'm very much looking forward to catching them at The Smell again. Mm-hmm. Need to show shoot a show at the smell. I, I've never been there. Really? Yeah. I just heard for whatever reason. I heard about it. Like I, I grew up in a small town in Texas, mm-hmm. so like anything having to do with like L.A. or like New York and like DIY scenes, mm-hmm. I was just obsessing over. It. I oh was yeah. Like, I don't have this. Yeah, we're spoiled out here. Yeah. <laughs> I I would go to the smell. I went for the first time. Oh, I, 
can't even remember. Yeah, it must have been like 2019. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. It was all ages. I felt like a creep because I was probably the oldest person there. Like, there's a bunch of like 15, 16 year olds. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I was so jealous. It's like they had this like venue of expression. And yeah. It's so cool. Yeah, it's all ages, no alcohol, right? No alcohol, yeah. no nothing. Yeah. Feeling weirder at all ages shows too. Yeah, I'm 33. I don't know about you, but yeah. like I'm, I'm 38 like... actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, good on you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I. Uh, yeah. So it just feels weird sometimes, like hanging out. It's like a bunch of kids. There's a venue right up the street. That's like it's an all ages venue, mm-hmm. and it's it's a bunch of kids. And like, uh, Are you talking uh, the Glass House? Or no, no? Uh, right next to it is the Haven. The well, kind of next to it on the other corner. Okay. The Haven, and it was a venue back in the day, like 10 plus years ago and it shut down it became a venue side of a restaurant that was right there uh, several restaurants that were right there and um, then they come back full swing and they have bands like I don't know three four nights a week like this place too mm-hmm. and, but it's all ages and uh, and every time I walk by I'm just like not today I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like an old creep like yeah, I yeah. want to come off as that yeah i know i just i do nothing creepy it's just kind of mm-hmm. like this innate feeling <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um but no no yeah i the diy scene here in la is like absolutely incredible mm-hmm. um i've seen like backyard shows i've taken buses like way out of the way i, I don't own a car so <laughs> oh damn. yeah like i'm still in very much the brooklyn mindset of mm-hmm. like i'll just use public transportation and it gets a little trickier here. I was going to say, you yeah. must be a little disappointed at it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not bad. Yeah. But it's just like, it takes forever to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, I shot a show in Long Beach last night. And I actually had to leave early to catch the last train back into downtown L.A. Mm. And, yeah. At what, like 9 or 10 o'clock but, or something? But it was midnight, luckily. Oh, it was midnight. Okay. Yeah. But, like, it was like, I was looking at Google Maps or something. It was like... Uh, 12.02 and the next one was at 5 o'clock in the morning so it's like, <laughs> it's like I'm not going to pay for a hotel room so let's do yeah, this it's frustrating I yeah. used to live in uh, D.C. and the public transit is I thought amazing compared mm-hmm. to L.A. and everybody out there hated it was talking shit like, oh really? yeah they ran every 10-12 minutes or something yeah. on the metros and they're like it's not fast enough <laughs> they're always catching on fire and <laughs> I'm like well they were always oh, catching know. on fire but uh, <laughs> but it's they still ran frequently and you could go anywhere it's mm-hmm. just about anywhere yeah. and i'd always say like la is not the it's the total opposite it's it's rough you yeah gotta plan ahead oh yeah um luckily i live off like the two and the four mm-hmm. uh lines and they, those can get me into downtown it can get me to like whatever i need to con- connect to mm-hmm. um but yeah it's uh it's not that bad i hear a lot of people talk shit about it but mm-hmm. like i, I get but also everybody, most people have cars. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. like if they have to ride the bus for whatever reason, mm-hmm. of course, they're going to complain about it. Yeah. I uh, I mean, the worst thing that can happen to me is I have to catch an Uber and pay like 20 bucks to get home or something. Yeah. Especially if I'm like leaving a show at a weird spot in like Boyle Heights or something. And mm. there's like three bus connections I need to catch. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not doing that. It's going <laughs> to take me an hour and a half to get home. Yeah. That's I'll a just, hub, right? Boyle Heights. Yeah. I, because I saw like a wacko show in like, I don't know if it's technically Boyle Heights, but it's kind of towards the south end of that area. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just like this like, like a just zigzag, like playing like Tetris, like <laughs> just trying to get home. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's too good. I, I moved here uh, to get closer to the train and realize, oh, these trains don't really last that long. Like, yeah. they close really early. And I didn't look that up first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually, like, saw the train track, so I checked the times, and I saw, like, four times where the Metrolink leaves from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I didn't realize they're all a.m. Mm. There's no evening trains. <laughs> Yeah, aside from the, the freight trains, which run all day, every day. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are loud. I think I heard, like, four just, like, walking around downtown. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. man, why can't we have passenger trains as, as often? Yeah. <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah. But when's the next show you're catching? I'm taking a break. I saw you. Yeah. <laughs> I saw your post. Yeah. You're, you said, like, that's it for the next month or yeah, something? Yeah, well, next few weeks. And also, I have to go to Texas for a wedding and to visit family. Mm. So that'll be a welcome break from headbanging my neck <laughs> sore. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm taking a few weeks off. I think the next show will be the Hong Kong Fuck You Deaf Club at The Smell. Mm-hmm. I just bought tickets like on the way here. So Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. they just announced it. So. Mm-hmm. Did you find that balance of like enjoying the show? And, or did you have to find the balance of enjoying the show and shooting the show? Yeah. Yeah, but I, I've always been the kind of photographer, even if I'm at like a legitimate like festival and I have like a photo pass, I'm mm. dancing around. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm enjoying myself and I probably annoy the hell out of every other photographer because <laughs> I'm actually having fun. Everyone's mm. so serious. I'm like, oh, I got to get the shot. And I'm mm. like, ah, maybe I'll get the shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, and I think I've like refined how I shoot at this point. Like I know what compositions I like. I know what shapes to look for mm-hmm. that I can just still enjoy myself and then like every once in a while I'll see something align right mm-hmm. and just go for it so right. I'm always like actively looking not always actively shooting kind of a thing right right you'll take the shot when you see it yeah yeah, yeah. that's good yeah I it, it took a while for me to find that balance uh, especially shooting from from the crowd mm-hmm. um, and then you get spoiled with pits right with yeah. photo pits yeah yeah and it's like why is all this space here yeah <laughs> And then there's people just sitting in it, and I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then trying to get those shots, and then getting back into the crowd. I missed a lot of good, like, enjoying the show from the crowd. It's usually at festivals. Uh, you said you moved here just a few years ago, right? Well, uh, actually, I just moved back to L.A. in March. Oh. Okay. Um, I was stuck in a tiny apartment in Brooklyn, all mm. of lockdown. Oh, just, okay. Yeah, but I was back here... Um, I moved here for the first time in 2019, but I couldn't get like work going. Mm-hmm. And then I had a job offer back in New York, so I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go back to New York." And mm. I just worked there, and that kind of turned into like an incredible position at this like startup. And then COVID hit, mm. and it's like no one can go anywhere. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> and then you said California. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my girlfriend and I made the call. In January, we talked to our managers mm-hmm. and yeah, just set it up. And I wish we had left at the end of January because all of February was snow. It snowed, <laughs> it snowed, it snowed. We had like two different blizzards mm-hmm. and the snow never went away. Oh. And it was just, I remember leaving my apartment one day and I just slipped on some ice and it was like my, my only snowfall yeah. like, or ice fall, just like. It felt like a cartoon, just like <laughs> like I stepped on a banana peel and just like <laughs> fell, and I was like, "Oh, this sucks." <laughs> yeah. And then we come out and we're in Venice for a couple of weeks uh, while we were like apartment hunting, mm-hmm. and 
it was just like the most beautiful change of pace. <laughs> <laughs> just any amount of heat above that is, yeah. is great. Yeah, yeah. I hit my head on some ice. Oh, dude. DC. I slept like a cartoon, right? Yeah. Like, just like you said. And I just went whack. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I can't live here yeah. too much longer. Yeah. <laughs> gonna move back or somewhere else sunnier you know yeah, yeah. are you from LA uh, I'm from uh, Rancho Cucamonga oh, okay cool, um, cool. and uh, yeah lived in DC for a couple of, where the snow was mm-hmm. and, um, and then lived here for about a year in Pomona and yeah this is the place to be yeah yeah <laughs> weather wise and show wise beautiful yeah the, the people here are cool the musicians are amazing and mm-hmm. Yeah, just the weather. <laughs> <laughs> it's just better. Yeah, yeah, all around. I mean, it's getting hot, but yeah, you know, we're in a drought. Yeah. I've also missed like this kind of desert air. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to college in El Paso. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely, I love that city so much, and I missed like the weather there. So being here in Los Angeles, getting something similar. A drier like, heat. Yeah. Because yeah. I grew up near Houston, mm-hmm. and that's just, it's like D.C. It's like a swamp. It's, yeah. Just absolutely terrible. <laughs> My dad w- was living in D.C. or in D.C. in uh, Houston during uh, what was it a couple years ago that horrific uh, hurricane? Uh, Har- Harvey? Was I think it Harvey? was Harvey. Yeah. yeah, and it like wrapped around his neighborhood, and he was totally safe, but everything else was flooded. Yeah, that's kind of what happened to my hometown. I, I grew up in a town called El Campo. Mm-hmm. It's about. I don't know, 45-minute drive from Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in Wharton County, and Wharton is the county seat. And Wharton got hit so hard. It mm-hmm. got flooded. I think my dad's house got about six inches of water in it. Oh, no. It, which is amazing because across the street, the neighbors somehow got like a foot and a half, oh. two feet of water in their uh-huh. house. They were just like the different level of planes. Like mm-hmm. They just had to replace some uh, some carpet, and they were fine. Wow. My, my hometown was actually saved from the flood because they were just high enough from sea level <laughs> to where like the water didn't even come in. No kidding. It was the weirdest thing. Yeah. yeah. What a what a lucky I don't know, I guess situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know what you call that. It, yeah, it feels bad saying lucky when like so many other people's like houses got yeah. messed up. I actually um, I went down to visit about a week later just to see my family, make sure everyone was okay. Mm-hmm. And I drove into Wharton and it's just like everyone was like putting their well, all their belongings outside and on the curb to get picked up for trash. And oh no. Yeah, and it was just like heartbreaking and there's like it was almost like these sculptures of people's lives just sitting in front of their house of oh. like all the stuff they need to throw away, all the stuff they have like owned in their life. Oh man. It, it was it's terrible and I talked to some of the guys doing a cleanup crew mm-hmm. and people were coming from like Mississippi and Alabama just to help out and uh, haul off everything. Jeez. It was wild. What a place to live, or what a yeah, what a place for anybody to live. Yeah, I hear about that with in Tennessee too. With uh, my dad's in Tennessee now. I have a few friends in Nashville area, and they keep getting tornado warnings. And like, yeah, it's just nuts. Like yeah. any minute or any day, you know, it could just hit. Yeah, or it could just veer off into your direction, and that's it. Yeah, I um I worked for Now This for a while, the like mm. social media news. Yeah. Uh, video company um, and I did this one story about how in Oklahoma they have tornado shelters and they teach like toddlers to like uh, or like just like very young kids it's like oh this is what you need to do but they started making them uh, bulletproof as well in case there's a school shooter so oh there's like God. this school shooter slash 
tornado shelter <laughs> in like preschools and like all kinds of stuff. Weren't they talking about like bulletproof backpacks or something like that too? Probably. Or like heavy Kevlar backpacks. That's, that's got to be in Texas somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought it was here too. Oh, like, really? Yeah, because they were talking about clear backpacks so nobody could hide anything. Oh, yeah. And on top of that being bulletproof so you could hide behind it. And I'm like, Jesus, we're thinking about this. Ah. Uh, <laughs> that's a good time. We're living in interesting times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, I, I, I don't know. I still remember Columbine being like the biggest deal. And that was what an unheard of situation. Yeah. I remember the day that happened Mm -hmm. and I got home from school and was like watching it on the news and I was just like, oh man. And I felt like ever since that moment, just like school shootings were on the rise Mm -hmm. and just like never stopped. Yeah. Once they started talking about like their manifestos and then all their like side videos and opinions. There was like a really good movie made about Columbine and I can't remember who did it. I think it was like Gus Van Zandt or something. Gus Mm -hmm. Van Zandt. Uh, uh, trying to be fancy over here Uh, but it was like kind of it told a story through like various kids Mm -hmm. and the I don't want to give anything away but like the final scene is kind of like heartbreaking it's just like all over the place Mm. because he also did uh, Last Days where he tried to recreate the last couple of days of Kurt Cobain's life Mm -hmm. and it was just like one actor wandering around a house I'm pretty sure that was Gus Van Zandt what else did he do? I know that man. Yeah, I, I'm drawing blanks right now. Yeah, he's a documentarian, right? No, like, it, it just filmmaker. Okay. He could be. He could do documentary. A little bit of both. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah. Some dark shit. Yeah. <laughs> Good, times. Good times. I love that it's not happening at shows, uh, really ever. Um, I remember. Well, I had shot. Um, uh, Eagles of Death Metal a month before they got hit oh, in, that's right. in Paris. Yeah. And then they started offering like first aid lessons and stuff at shows for anybody who's there, anybody Jeez. who goes and wants to, you know, learn how to do CPR and yeah. stop bleeding and stuff like that. Jeez. <laughs> I think the only time I ever heard of a shooting at a show was in Austin. Mm-hmm. And it was like some Dude, I think it was like a, a brother, two brothers who rapped, mm-hmm. but they showed up to their spotlight so they wouldn't let them on. So they came back with guns and just like opened fire. Oh, And it was wow. just downtown Austin, like uh, like 6th Street mm-hmm. around that area. But that's like, luckily, that's like the only shooting I've ever heard of at a show. I could be completely wrong. Mm. But. Well, I, I can't think of any besides yeah. the... Eagles of Death Metal and that Vegas one. And oh, jeez, the yeah. country music festival with the guy. Yeah, from the built. From yeah. The, yeah. What tenth floor or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Psychopath. Oh. They went into his room and they saw he he was like loaded to the gills. Right? Yeah. He, he was ready for us, like a standoff, right? Yeah. yeah. And what happened? He just like killed himself in the room, I think. I think so. I was trying to remember. Yeah. yeah. It's brutal, man. Jeez. And it's coming back. Yeah. More or less, you know, a lot less. Like, uh, yeah. I think it's not as crazy anymore, but it's still happening. It's mm-hmm. like, man, it's a weird sign of like we're getting back to normal. Yeah, you know, <laughs> nature is healing. Yeah, nature is healing. We have another mass shooting. Jeez. <laughs> oh, America. Yeah, we live in a very interesting place. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, what have you been listening to lately, man? On a lighter note. Uh, lighter, yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, on the ride home last night um, from Long Beach, I started listening to Girl Talk's Feed the Animals album again, mm. and I'm realizing how immaculate it is. Mm. Have you ever heard it? Mm-mm. It's this, uh, it was released like in 2008, and it's like this hyper mashup uh, guy. I know, you know who Diplo is, right? Mm-hmm. The producer? Mm-hmm. He started doing like long form mashups, and that was like a big thing, kind of like early, mid 2000s. And Girl Talk, what he would do, instead of just like putting a vocal track on top of an instrumental track, like, uh, like Snoop Dogg on top of Party in the USA, mm-hmm. and just have it like go throughout the song, uh, Girl Talk would throw roughly 60 different tracks into like, that's probably an overstatement, but like a solid 20 samples Uh into a three minute song. Oh, wow. And the album opens up with the most banger of all bangers. It's called Play Your Part, Mm -hmm. part one. And it's uh, the snare from Roy Orbison's Pretty Woman. Mm -hmm. So it's opening it up and then it comes in with Spencer Davis group, Give Me Some Loving, Mm -hmm. uh, like the organ. And then I think it's like, Bun B's verse from International Players Anthem, huh. and uh, and it just like it just doesn't stop from there. Oh wow! At one point, he puts Little Mama's uh, lip gloss on top of Metallica's One. <laughs> uh, that was a good one. I don't know, but it's like they move so quickly. So in like one track, well, like it's almost like a a flow throughout the entire album for like 50 minutes, but he kind of divides it up into like three and a half minute segments. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it, he'll just use like a one second sample of like uh, Rick Astley never gonna give you up just yeah. like the lead into the next sample and right just little links in between yeah. and yeah. it's like, I was listening to it last night and I, I don't think I appreciated it as much back then but like he put so much work and thought into all these tracks like mm. pulling the right samples doing like the pitches and absolutely incredible stuff that yeah that's a whole other level that yeah. I'll just I don't think I'll ever understand but just hope to appreciate fully. Yeah, I, I'm i trying to remember. I remember seeing like a, a YouTube video of him like going through how he creates a sample and like it was just nuts. He'll pull up Ableton, he'll cut out the track, he'll mm-hmm. like isolate different frequencies and just like pull drums. And I don't know, it's like, I have no idea how you learn how to do that. <laughs> it just takes a lot of you time. You start from the beginning, yeah. right? He was playing with tapes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people on TikTok doing that lately, doing mashups of just how does this song work with that song? Yeah. And you'd think they, you know, they would make no sense. It'd be like, I don't know, Salt and Pepper and Metallica. Yeah. And somehow they just found that connection or they slowed it down just enough. And yeah. Like, what? You must have heard that in your own time. And then you just <laughs> thought, why not? Why not play with this? Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, in that Girl Talk album, there's uh, Salt and Pepper's Push It on top of Nirvana's Lithium, and it works <laughs> <Right>. so well. <laughs> it just it, the whole thing is a vibe. Wow. Um, but other than that, oh, shoot. Oh, I rediscovered the Bronx recently. Mm. They're a hardcore band from here. They uh, put out an album. Oh, I think they just like Bronx One, Bronx Two, Bronx Three. But the mm. second one has a song called History Stranglers that. I was just listening to on repeat the other day. Uh, Mogwai is now my go-to workout playlist. Nice. I put all Mogwai stuff into one playlist and just put it on shuffle. And it works out, huh? Yeah, I love it. Um, 
it used to be Ringo Death Star, this uh, shoegaze <laughs> band from Austin. Yeah. Uh, I'm in love with them. So <laughs> I kind of alternate whenever I go to the gym, uh, just put on Magui or Ringo Death Star and just mm. go for it. That's awesome. Yeah. I get too distracted with like creating, like, well, like curating some kind of playlist, 10 tracks or 20 tracks or something. Mm-hmm. And doing it on shuffle, I don't know, that seems brave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be one artist, right? Yeah. Um, it helps uh, if you're just I, I throw in literally all their studio albums and just put it on shuffle because everything's killer for mm. Ringo Destar and Mogwai. They're just like these immaculate bands to me. Mm. Did you ever get into like newer shoegaze stuff? Uh, Winter or uh, oh, that new uh, newer slow dive album? Oh, yes. And uh, Ringo Destar is like new gaze right. or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm a, I'm part of like a shoegaze dream pop group on Facebook, and mm. I I'm trying to remember what they've recommended me that I loved. But I actually got to see Slow Dive in like 2015, and I hadn't heard of them before I went to see them, mm. and just completely fell in love. And then they released that newish album afterward, mm. and I was like, how can these guys take like 10, 20 years off and still kill it? Yeah. <laughs> They did that with, I think my my bloody Valentine did the same thing. Yeah, and it's like wow. Yeah, it's I'm, like they never lost a beat. You know. Yeah, I remember seeing my bloody Valentine after they released the newer album, uh-huh. and I I couldn't believe how little I could hear after the concert because they are so loud. Oh it's yeah, it's just like this wall of sound. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw who was it? I, this band Broncho. They open. They had a opener winter, and the first one, I forget what her name was, but um, loud wall of sound, need earplugs, and I got some earplug like the little foamy ones from the bar, and it canceled everything out. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna risk it, and I just took them out. And yeah. It's headache, <laughs> headache central, but worth it. Right? Yeah. I um. I recently, I, I should have been doing this for years, but I just started using earplugs the past mm-hmm. couple of years mm-hmm. because uh, I actually shot Ty Siegel. Ty mm-hmm. Siegel? Siegel? I always said Siegel. Siegel, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you see all these words and you never hear them said, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, I shot him at the Terragram Ballroom and I was in the front. I had no ear protection. Yeah. And I legitimately, I went to the Monty Bar afterwards just to grab a beer and go through photos. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't hear like, oh, it was no. just, like, the scariest moment of my life. Yeah. Um, so after that, I ordered some really nice earplugs. They were, like, 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. But they're, like, these little loops mm. that you put them in, and they actually let the sound in, so I can still hear. Mm-hmm. It's not, like, this weird, like, I can't hear anything. Like, what, what you were saying about the foam ones, or it just cancels everything. Yeah. It, like, cancels out, like, a certain decibel level. Mm. And that's helped a lot. Nice. Yeah. I'll have to ask for that link a little later. Yeah, yeah. I think they're just called like the loop or something mm. like that. I talked to uh, a photographer in a pit one day. She had these nice like ones that wrapped around her oh, ear. Yeah, yeah. And I said, like, where the hell did you get those? Those those look really nice. How much did you spend too? Mm-hmm. And she's like, 200 bucks and it's the best 200 bucks I ever spent. Yeah, because they're like custom made, right? They yeah. Make they make an imprint. Yeah, um, yeah. You have to go to a, an ENT to like have that imprint. Uh, and she said it was totally worth it. She doesn't go with anywhere without them now. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I already noticed the highs are going. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. My uh, my girlfriend and I, 
Actually, it happened this weekend because at that Dead City show, they were shooting off fireworks. Mm. And while I was up front shooting, someone threw a firework and it went off like right next to her head. Oh, no. And like, so her left ear was kind of messed up for the night. Mm -hmm. And now it's fine. But we started making jokes about how when we're much older, we're just going to be that old couple yelling at each other. (laughs) What? What? But then we realized we were that that day. (laughs) We're already like... Got a nice head start. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Got a nice taste of what that's going to be. We're already just like, what? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely worth investing, which I still haven't done, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. I got to do it. I need to look into the the fancy ones, because I had a friend who's a concert photographer in New York, and she swears by it as well. Mm -hmm. I've been meaning to shoot in New York for a long time, too. I want to go to... Is it uh, La Poisson Rouge? Is in New York, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like a small place, right? I it's, go it's chill. I don't go there often because usually the the, sh- the covers are a little more pricey and the drinks are more expensive. Mm. Uh, but it is a nice venue. I saw the Go Team there. Oh, nice. I'm a loud show. Damn. Yeah, that was fun. And I saw, I saw, I think I saw like a, it was like a Disney cover band mm. where like they just did all the Disney songs like the ballads oh nice it was just like a date night thing <laughs> I, there was this app called um, I can't remember what it's called at this point but like you Jukely, uh you pay like oh. 10 bucks a month and you can get on the list for all these shows yeah it was like a concerts as a subscription service uh, and I, I saw that, that. Yeah. yeah, I saw that was going on. So I was like, this is a perfect like date thing. And yeah. Yeah. But they, they put on like a wide array of stuff at Le Poisson Rouge. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It looked like a good spot. Yeah. And that fun. other one, um, not the region, what's it called? What's the one that's named after a, a label too? They have the same name as a label. Uh, fuck. Death by Audio? Mm-mm. No. Oh. Damn. There's the one at Rough Trade. Rough Trade. Rough Trade. Yeah. They actually shut down that location. I feel like they moved somewhere because mm. of the pandemic. Oh, but as long as they're still around. Yeah. Yeah. I. That one's really fun because I shot Saul Williams there mm-hmm. when I first oh, moved wow. to New York. Yeah. And then I shot Yacht there. Mm-hmm. And that was a ton of fun because I actually reached out to them. And I was like, hey, do you know if the venue will allow... Uh, cameras yeah. and they're like hey we like your stuff we're gonna put you on the list oh and sweet like, it's weird that happens every once in a while and it's like the coolest thing yeah uh, but they're super sweet and they actually used one of my photos for their profile picture mm. for like a few months oh wow and, and it blew me away because I had been obsessively listening to Yacht since oh, God, I don't even know just years mm-hmm. and I was just like oh <laughs> my heart was a flutter like yes take it go for yeah. it <laughs> Yeah, because that's like a 300 cap venue, right? It's not a big place. It's not huge. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely not the smallest I've been. But. And it looks like a warehouse, right? Like kind of a long warehouse? Yeah, it's because um, it's like a record shop. And then in the back is the venue. Oh. So it's like this like corridor in the mm-hmm. back where they host the shows. Nice, nice. Did you ever shoot at a Hi-Hat when it was around in a Highland Park? I did. Uh, I shot one show there. Mm. It was um, someone's record release, and I can't remember. I just remember I saw a CAT scan there, and I fell in love with them. It was mm. so much fun. The bass player is also the bass player in Nice, Nice, N I I S. I think I've seen them, yeah. yeah they open for Surfboard, uh, and she also has a project, uh, Dove Armitage. Mm. That's really fun as well. Is it like a two piece, a singer and like a. A drummer? 
Oh wait, uh, is it a drummer? For, nice for nice. It's it's a four piece. Oh okay. Yeah. Because I saw somebody there. I can't remember who. I thought it was nice. It was like this one. It was kind of shoegazy, kind of that newer. I don't know. I'm trying to describe it, but it was just like this one vocalist. Uh, with a producer behind her doing a bunch of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Really, really quiet, really, um, I don't know, mental. Nice. Really nice. <laughs> <laughs> really good stuff. I thought it was a band called Nice, I guess. Yeah, I guess not. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, nice. Uh, they were a little more like, almost like 80s metal, but kind of punky. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. Total opposite. Yeah. I've <laughs> <laughs> been trying to catch some... Uh, I'm gonna try to catch some metal shows out in Riverside. There's, that's where all the metalheads are. Oh, nice. Yeah, seems like it's always been that way. So it's like always small bars and a couple of venues, mm-hmm. uh, house shows, a lot of things like that. A lot of death metal. Those seem like uh, great shows to to cover. Yeah, I saw this amazing death metal band. It, I think it's called like the Vocal Warehouse mm-hmm. somewhere on Olympic. They're called Genetic Deformity. <laughs> Uh, and it was just like so much fun. I got the most amazing shot of them. It's like the the guy playing guitar looking down off to the side, and in the background there's someone moshing, but on someone else's shoulders. Nice. And it like the guy has like a little bit of a slouch playing guitar, mm-hmm. and they're coming around the end in the in the background, and it looks like they make a V. Interesting. It's a beautiful place to shoot. Yeah. I really admire the spirit of the people who mosh here because they go. All in. They go, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird balance. Like you see either really hardcore a lot, or a lot of people trying to avoid it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. like very, very small pits <laughs> forming and then quickly dissolving. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, have you shot at the Glass House? No. Um, I wanted to see Fucked Up here mm. a couple years ago, but I just couldn't work it out and mm-hmm. get out here. It's a good place to shoot. Yeah. It's, it's small. Really? You know? Yeah. It's, I don't know, it's probably 500, 400, something like that. But um, I don't know, it's really nice. If you have a, if you have a good telephoto, oh, um, yeah. you can avoid, <laughs> or you can, because uh, they'll kick you out right after three. So Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you can, it's small enough that you can make it work. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's a good place to shoot. Uh, do you mind if we hit pause real quick? Oh, yeah, sure. When we, when this place reopened, it was the same thing of mm-hmm. like, Having to ma- wanting to match that energy because everybody came in and was just it was the first show uh, it was uh, probably the second show that uh, the one that I had happened to catch I don't even remember the band it was a bunch of locals mm-hmm. and um, ended up following them later and just had to had to get into it pits <laughs> constantly yeah. you know in this tiny space they don't move these things either oh really yeah so oh, it, that's it gets fun <laughs> <laughs> It gets fun, yeah. And those ones don't move either. There was once upon a time, like, these things weren't here. And those were movable. And I think everybody was, like, there was a lot more space and a lot more wiggle room, you know. Mm -hmm. So matching that energy, I I totally understand that. Yeah. Especially now that, like, venues are open again. And there's still, like, there was always DIY shows. I feel like right now everyone's just going so hard because they need to get out and do stuff that, like, they couldn't do it for a year or two. So. Yeah. Did you sneak into some of those uh, DIY shows in between? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that uh, the May show, 
uh, with Dead City. Mm. That was like technically everything was still locked down at that point. So when they have, last year? Uh, no, this year. Oh, this year. This year. Well, yeah. I actually didn't go to any shows in New York uh, during like the full-on lockdown. I stayed home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like earlier this year, LA was still like not completely open. I yeah. think it was like a month from being open. So I was always tempted. There were a lot of shows in San Bernardino, uh, a lot of punk shows, and I don't know. I just didn't do it. I don't trust this thing. It still feels like is this is this thing Ebola or is it? Yeah. You know, not as bad. You know, I don't want to die. Yeah. <laughs> it's just being responsible. Yeah. I had yeah. yeah, I had friends who like still went to raves and stuff in New York Damn. all throughout last year. Uh, why is that more intense? Yeah. <laughs> and just, you're so close to people. <laughs> yeah. And you're compromising your immune system with all the drugs and shit. Yeah. <laughs> actually, this one couple I know, they actually did catch COVID at some point after like going to their 10th rave or whatever. Damn. And, uh, That's they, a good run. Yeah, they, they both tested positive. Uh, the guy was fine, but the, the girl, uh, she had mild symptoms. Mm-hmm. So, And this is way before any vaccination stuff happened. So. Mm-hmm. Did you ever catch it? I think I did, actually. I don't know. I tested negative, but last August, I was working from home. Mm-hmm. And I would get up, you know, start work at like 9 or 10, but by noon, I had to lay down. Mm. And this was, like, pretty consistent for almost three weeks. And oh. Like, yeah. So my manager had caught the same thing, like, a few months before. Mm. So I don't know if I had it or if I had something else. But mm. I never tested positive, never had. Didn't before, didn't after. So mm. it's weird because, like, I, th- I feel like we forgot about other sicknesses, too, right? Mm. Like, we forgot about the cold and the regular flu and just COVID has been on the mind, right? It's either COVID or, or it's not. Yeah. You know? And and also like, um, like people just weren't going out and there's no interaction. Mm-hmm. People were wearing, at least in New York, people were wearing masks all the time. When I came out here, I was kind of surprised that like only half the people were wearing masks outside, but it's a pretty rebellious state yeah, for, I, <laughs> for being I, a, I as just, liberal as we are. In my head, it was always like, oh, this person's an actor and they need to keep like a straight tan line or something. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Jasmine and I were walking around like Venice or something one day. Mm-hmm. And we have our mask on. We're just keeping our distance. And yeah, like this one guy with like a chiseled jawline walks by with no mask. And I'm like, maybe he's a model and he can't wear a mask. We're like, Is acne it essential work? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> very essential. That jawline was very essential. <laughs> There's only five on earth yeah. at any given time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I got it, and I was I got it in August, and oh, wow. I was dodging it for a year and a half. You know, yeah. I was so annoyed. I had to miss work mm. for two weeks, and I only got it for like three days. I lost my senses. Oh shit! And I was eating uh, I was eating honey bunches of oats. Yeah. When I noticed, I was like, I'm just eating gravel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's the weirdest feeling. I'm like, I can't taste this. I was about to say, like, as soon as you said that, I thought about the texture, and I was like, that sounds awful. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Just sand. If yeah. not for the yeah, if not for the flavor, for that like semi-rich flavor. Yeah, yeah. And so I got tested and and I was like, "Fuck, man!" I dodged it this whole time. And it was like a few days before I had a scheduled vac- vaccine, and it's like, of course, yeah, <laughs> this of is course, where I get yeah. it. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah did, did you know anyone who caught it? Anyone yeah, my suffered? girlfriend caught it. She oh, got it really? bad. Her mom got it bad. Her brother got it bad. They got it back in December of 2019, too. Oh, well, they think that's it what it was. It could have been. Yeah. yeah, They the doctor had asked them if they um, had been out of the country mm-hmm. because they have this virus that they don't recognize. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in retrospect, it's like, hmm, that might have been it. And it was a rough couple of weeks oh, for geez. all of them, you know, and yeah, scary, touch and go there for a while. Yeah, it was know. terrible. Yeah, I remember hearing uh, somewhere in France, they like went through like a backlog of people who had the flu mm-hmm. in like November and December before everything shut down. And they found like a confirmed case of COVID in like mm-hmm. December somewhere in Paris. So Damn. Scary. That thing is just sneaking around, just like tiptoeing. Yeah, one person here, one person there, but like we're such a, this is such a global society. Yeah. And this is just the price of being connected. It's weird because I actually watched 12 Monkeys a couple of nights ago. Mm. And have you seen that movie? Mm-mm. Oh, it's, um, it's on a list of. Yeah, it's <laughs> Bruce Willis and uh, Brad Pitt. It's directed by Terry Gillum, mm. uh, the animator from Monty Python. Yeah. He does yeah. some amazing stuff. But it's basically about this virus that wipes out the world and people are afraid to go outside. Mm. Uh, and I'm not spoiling anything, but Bruce Willis has to travel back in time to try to figure out where it started. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's an incredibly interesting movie. But like watching yeah. that, I was like, oh shit, <laughs> Bruce Willis's future, like are, is that gonna be us if this <laughs> never ends? <laughs> just like sleeping in like this Ziploc container. <laughs> It reminded me of uh, Outbreak. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I went back and watched that in, I don't know, when was it? Like June or something of last year. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, wow, this is like step by step the same thing. Yeah. This accidental, well, possibly accidental lab leak. Yeah. um, Like the jury's not out on that yet, right? Uh, Yeah. Nothing's been determined, I don't think. Yeah. But like, just like. A simple accident, right? It wasn't a bio attack. It wasn't um, a natural thing. It was just, it just happened, yeah. right? It's like, fuck. Oh, this is scary. You yeah. never think about it. Like, yeah. I started, like, prepper thinking oh, yeah. through that whole thing. I said, man, I, I need to buy land. I need to, like, <laughs> get a bunker. And <laughs> I didn't go that far, but I definitely, once, like, the lockdown started, like, uh, both my girlfriend and I were like, oh, we have to work from home for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started buying a lot of rice and beans, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. just like in case things sold out. And actually, our local uh, grocery store, Sea Town, at one point we went to the store and half the aisles were just barren. People were just buying everything out. Mm-hmm. It was kind of crazy for a while. Yeah, really uh, panicky. Like the toilet paper thing was really trippy. Yeah, we actually got really lucky. I accidentally ordered like a giant thing of toilet paper from mm-hmm. Amazon like a subscribe and save thing yeah and we didn't have a want of toilet paper the entire time same yeah <laughs> we had like 20 <laughs> 40 rolls or something it was yeah. just like a dumb purchase that i was like didn't realize i was making but it worked out yeah i had uh just subscribed to a uh like this wine club oh yeah where they they send you bottles of wine like four or five at a time like per month and uh i got my first shipment like that weekend uh, of, the, of the shutdown and I was like I'm good <laughs> and I had my toilet paper my roommates and I at the time were like talking about it like hey, do you need toilet paper what do you need like I've got food I got beans and, yeah. and rice and stuff like that and it's like yeah. we were pretty good 
Yeah, I was so heartbroken that everything started shutting down in New York. It, it got a little scary for a little bit. But the one thing that really pissed me off at the beginning is mm. we got free tickets to see To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway. Uh, and I've never done a Broadway show, uh-huh. like any play or musical or whatever, because they're always so expensive. Mm-hmm. But we had these free tickets, and literally the day we were supposed to go, they shut down Broadway. Uh, and I was just like, And then uh, my girlfriend's birthday was actually a few days later. Mm -hmm. So we just sat at home. We uh, we made martinis, Mm -hmm. uh, played Lotteria. I had like this Star Wars Lotteria. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, it, it, uh, La Paleta is Harrison Ford or Han Solo in the Carbonite. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, nice. So, like, at first it was fun. We we're like, oh, okay, we'll like go get a bottle of gin, make mm. some drinks. We never really kept alcohol in the house mm. before COVID. Uh, and so we just went and bought a couple of bottles of liquor and just made drinks. And we were like, oh, we'll just like have fun, work from home for a couple of weeks. And then it just never stopped. <laughs> Four months later, yeah, there's, there's talk of possibly opening up again. And yeah. 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 It was actually crazy. Uh, I started a project to kind of keep my mind occupied. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have this uh, little synthesizer, an OP-1. Mm-hmm. You know what that is? Mm-hmm. A teenage engineering. Actually, phenomenal piece of like musical equipment mm-hmm. but it's a small little synth that has like a built-in four track recorder oh nice so i started making a piece of music every day and then sampling radio mm-hmm. like like what people were talking about on the radio about covid trying to figure it out oh yeah i was like oh this would be like a cool thing i can do for like a couple weeks or a couple months okay i'm still doing it every single day and at this point i've made like 600 pieces of music oh my god yeah. <laughs> um, are you releasing any of these I'm trying to find a way, maybe someone who can like help me program a playlist that plays them at random. Mm. Like, I don't know. It can do like a chronological thing because there's like multiple takes for every day, mm-hmm. and it's it's supposed to like simulate everyone getting different pieces of information. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know. I'm trying to put it all together, but I'm still doing that every day. And I, actually, I need to go home and do today's. <laughs> I woke up late today. Yeah. Oh, same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I woke up at like nine when I tried to wake up at six and that oh, just man. was not happening. I'm trying to get work done. That sounds awesome. Though. Yeah. It's, it's so much fun. It's gotten me, it's helped me like bypass this thing I have when I used to try to make music or mm. write music to where like, oh, uh, oh, I have to do this or like I, I get too comfortable making one type of music mm-hmm. and now it's like I have to create something and now I can create like a and these aren't like impressive full scores these are mm. like 32 seconds so I can sample the radio 60 BPM mm-hmm. uh, and it's like it gets me into like I'll look up like a scale chart and mm-hmm. just make a couple chords sound good and then I have to come up with a melody and now I can come up with like a short piece of music in like five minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like broken down so many mental barriers I've had. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And what a challenge too. Yeah, it's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I actually, at one point I was trying to teach myself like Python. Yeah. While under lockdown, I, I just can't. Same. <laughs> I, I tried Python. I tried, uh, and then I, I heard this podcast where this guy was talking about assembly language. Uh, learning assembly to understand Python better, and I was like, "Oh, let me do that." And yeah. Python, or assembly is computer language; it's like computer uh, machine language, which is significantly more complicated. Yeah. Like it's simple to the computer, but it's <laughs> like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's been an endeavor uh, this entire time. Yeah, yeah. Python is 
Unless you have a use for it, it's really rough to get started, you know? Yeah, I I tried to like come up with things to make. And actually for this project, I wrote a quick script that would, I just like hit a button and it shoots out like a, a key, a major minor, and then like three or four random numbers. Mm-hmm. And so like it would be like C major, uh, one, three, five, seven. Mm. And those are the chords I use. And I, I would do like this like algorithm based. Uh, I like had the computer write the music for me almost. I still had to perform it and find how everything worked. Mm. Yeah, that was fun for a while. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and then I started and then I started like asking friends randomly. I'll just like text someone, be like, hey, give me a letter. <laughs> Three <laughs> random numbers. Uh, just so like so I wasn't thinking too hard about it. Right, right. That's fun. Or it keeps everything objective too. Yeah. Right? yeah. And it it kinda like it takes you out of your comfort zone too. So mm. like Usually I just play all in C major because it's all the white keys. You can't hit a wrong note. Mm-hmm. So like having to make myself like perform in different keys, like really, it makes you think differently. Yeah. yeah. How's your math? Math is good. Yeah? Yeah. I actually went to school for economics. Oh, and okay. I had pretty advanced <laughs> calculus. <so. laughs> I was like, this seems like very math oriented or like yeah. a, for a math mind. Yeah. 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 I, um... See what I also started like learning like Ableton and Logic, mm. uh, and I started like transforming like, some of the stuff I was doing on my daily stuff and actually trying to flesh them out into actual songs. Mm. And I actually put out four albums <laughs> under lockdown. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> they're just on Bandcamp. I mean, I can't verify the quality of the music, but <laughs> they're out there though. Yeah, it gave me something to do, especially like in Brooklyn when it was cold and we couldn't go outside. Mm. Just, I get off work and just start working on my own stuff. Mm -hmm. Did you ever look into um, people were hooking their Moog or Moog? I don't know. A friend of mine calls him Moog, calls it it Moog, and I thought it was Moog, and I'm going off of, there's a Stereolab song called Moogie Wonderland. Oh, yeah. And they're all (laughs) about the Moog, so I'm like, I think it's Moog. I think it's Moog. Yeah, but uh, this guy, a few people have been doing it, they're hooking it up to like mushrooms and plants and stuff yeah and it's the coolest thing ever like they all seem to have their own language or something yeah there's a I know some people in a band in Austin called Octopus Project Mm -hmm. have you heard of them? I think so yeah Yeah. Um, I was a huge fan of them and then like one night I think it was the night Obama got elected Mm -hmm. I was out in downtown Austin just seeing how people were reacting and I ran into them and we ended up just like drinking and then doing karaoke I've just like kept in touch with them ever since then. They're just like the nicest people in the world. Mm-hmm. But they started doing that during lockdown where like it was like this touch sensor and they created different songs. I think they actually released an album mm. of mushroom music. That's so of, cool. They, they programmed it to like feed out certain frequencies. Mm-hmm. They do incredibly cool stuff. It's amazing. I love that in the sense of like in the creative aspect and then it made me think like can we talk to these things <laughs> like is there a way to reverse this process and yeah. like translate these sounds into some sort of language yeah there's gotta be Have eventually yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> somebody's gotta be trying it yeah, yeah like I've been watching this guy or this uh, this couple they uh, they're training their dog to essentially speak they have this big pad of all these buttons with pre-programmed words yeah 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 and this dog is getting it Mm -hmm. (laughs) one at at one point it looks in a mirror that's next to 
the pad, mm-hmm. and it says, uh, "Who is?" <laughs> and it's like, "What?" <laughs> They're becoming aware, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> like this thing's looking at itself, and then, yeah. oh my god, I, I love seeing this. <laughs> yeah, I love seeing like the Instagram videos of the dogs playing with it and just getting pissed off at the owners. And it's I like mean, outside now. Oh yeah, and it would just like stare them down and just like hit now, 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 and just start barking. <laughs> it was bound to happen. Yeah, it's beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. So you. Uh, you seem to do this anyway. I, I'm not sure of your process, but when you uh, when you cover a show, do you just crank out the editing right away? Yes. Because I see you do these these story dumps. Yeah. Um, it's I, I've stopped editing photos on a computer mm. unless I like I need to get them to someone for like uh, publishing or something like that. Mm. Uh, yeah. I, the Sony has a Wi-Fi transfer, mm. and I just shoot them over as high quality as I can and edit on Lightroom and then I'm pretty much done with it. Oh, okay. Um, it just, it relieves so much stress. I still mm-hmm. go home and like back up everything and save my favorites to the cloud. Um, yeah, it just simplifies everything and that way if a band wants like photos, I can just send them those because they're not super high quality. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, especially Good enough like, to repost. And, yeah. yeah. And uh, it, especially like all these like younger punk bands. It's like I was in bands when I was young and I had no money so it's like I'm not gonna like charge yeah yeah. And, yeah yeah that becomes the 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 immediate like ethos is yeah don't charge yeah. or charge very little and, yeah like, be reasonable I'll take a guest list spot and a beer like <laughs> yeah <laughs> give me a drink ticket you've overpaid yeah speaking of which I need to catch more shows at Moroccan Lounge. I thought I saw a few coming up. Have okay. you been there yet? No, I haven't. Moroccan Lounge is really cool. It's close to Boyle Heights. It's like on first, I guess. It's okay. like right off the tracks, right off the metro track. And okay. Really cool little spot. There's always good parking. I don't want to say that out loud, but like, <laughs> there's always really good parking. Edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, nice small place. It's more it's more bar than venue. Oh, yeah? And it's a good, uh, good venue. Really good sound. That's really cool. good lighting. Yeah, I saw... Yeah, I saw some listings there, and I can never make it. Mm. I did see a show. Oh, Dead City played their first indoor show (laughs) on First Street in Boyle Heights. A place (laughs) called, like, First Street Pool and Billiards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They've been doing a few shows there. Not just them, but, like, other... I think Barrage did a show there recently. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. But, yeah. It's just cool. It's, like, this, like, fun little, like, kind of dive bar pool hall. yeah. And uh, no lighting whatsoever. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, and I, the way I shoot, I, I'm all, like, manual focus. I, I do, like, wide open mm-hmm. so I can pull in all the light. And they had one fucking lamp on top of an amp that just got knocked over at some point. Oh. So, like, I have to wait until, like, someone else's flash goes off to yeah. get, like, a very, like, illuminated <laughs> photo. But luckily, Dead City, they're all about fire. So there was a guy just, like, shoot, like lighting a spray paint yeah, uh, I stream saw. on fire. And, like... I got some wicked shots with that. <laughs> that was so badass. Yeah. <laughs> Just seeing there's, those videos. There's always so much fire. It's, right? There's yeah. always a, a fire pit. There's always mm-hmm. a bonfire, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. An illegal bonfire. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only the best kind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, thanks for coming, man. Oh, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to plug? Uh, not really. Uh, my Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, 
Zagunru, and then I have I have two. I have the Adam Ziegenhals where I like I do a slow release of mm-hmm. things, and that's mainly concert photos. The Zagunru I'll post like street photography and stuff mm-hmm. as well. What is that word? Oh, uh, it's a love. Oh, wow. It's a word I fell in love with uh, years ago, and it's a German phrase. It's ornithological, so it's about migratory birds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to remember how it's broken up, but it's like the anxiety a bird feels that it needs to keep moving. Like, uh, like it's time to migrate is coming up. Uh, so it, it's like this feeling inside of it that you like, oh, I got to keep going. Okay, I got to do this now, blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. I just identified with it because I'm kind of like all over the place. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just kind of stuck. My last name is German and starts with a Z, so it felt right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it just, it, it was perfect. And then at some point I was like, well, I need to like start centralizing how I'm putting everything out. Mm-hmm. made a website and just stuck. It's a great word. Yeah. Yeah. Great uh, concept. Yeah. I like that idea of keeping moving. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, of, I was, I read this book about Genghis Khan a long time ago and in the sickest way, <laughs> in the least like, I don't know, friendly way possible. He hated uh, settlements. Oh yeah, and like when humans got too stagnant, and he ended up destroying all of these, all of these civilizations. It's like people need to keep moving and expanding, and yeah, yeah, you can't get complacent. Can't get complacent, and it was like, at the core, it's really disgusting. But (laughs) (laughs) but the idea of like you got to keep moving, yeah, like got to keep it interesting. Don't don't get boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like. I well, I'm not gonna say I like that. <laughs> but the, the yeah the, the the thinking behind it yeah. makes a lot of sense yeah uh, like the execution you know one out of ten yeah. <laughs> and that was about his body count too yeah <laughs> Jeez. which was awful yeah killed like ten percent of Earth's population Jeez. yeah that's a man who accomplished a lot in his lifetime he only lived to be like sixty oh really Jeez. <laughs> yeah good times yeah. Well, (laughs) on that uh, very high note. (laughs) Thanks again, dude. No, thank you.